And then let's push us live on Facebook. Syria always coming through. Thanks, Syria. Welcome and thank you to everybody um, on the panel tonight for our season one finale live podcast episode of Texas Taekwondo in the Coach's Corner. Um, I'm your host, Coach Mike, and on the panel today, we've got Coach Joe, um, we have Coach Daniel, coming up on the line soon will be Coach Hector, we have Abby, and we also have Grandmaster Park for the first time on one of these podcasts. Uh, welcome, welcome everybody. I'm really glad that you could be here, and thanks for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. We did it. We did Happy it. To yes. be. Yep. <laughs> And so the way that this podcast is going to work, this uh, live episode, um, we'll have people coming in and out. They can watch live if they want. It will be recorded, and we'll upload this, and I'll publish it on the Anchor page, on the Anchor app for, um, for, those, of us, for those of our um, audience members that have missed it, so they can listen to it later on. And then um, we can have our listeners kind of in real time, if they have questions, they want to post, they can do it either in the Zoom chat or uh, I'm also monitoring the Facebook event um, comment section. So either one of those, if they want to post a question during the conversation, they can and uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll answer them and talk to them during the conversation, during the podcast. Cool, so um, let's, uh, how's everyone doing? It's been, it's been a while since we've all actually hung out and had a chance to socialize. I know we'll have these coaches calls and all that. And I actually kind of look forward to those because it's an opportunity to kind of talk to other people other than my family. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we are going on COVID plus 99 days now since the very first day of spring break for UT. And um, I mean, it's kind of weird to imagine that we've gone almost 100 days into this, into this new norm. And um, you know, I'd like to hear how everyone's doing, you know, both personally and professionally. Everyone's silence says a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we'll, uh, with, um, we'll start with uh, we'll start with Daniel since I haven't heard from you in a while. Oh, I thought it was because I was the first one to speak up. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'll start with the easy one professionally. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a software engineer, so basically anything I can do at work, I can do at home, which is pretty great. Um, I will say I've had to get my footing as far as being productive and like my bed is right behind me. So sometimes when I'm just not feeling it, I'll, you know, just go lie down, you know, take a conference call from bed. Um, so I had to, you know, adjust to work in that way. Um, but Hey, life's good. Company's good. Um, also definitely have to make some changes in my personal life. I know we'd been talking uh, in previous episodes about like workout routines and stuff and how I've had to, you know, become a runner, which normally I would, I would, I would despise. I mean, I guess I still do, um, but I do it more begrudgingly. I'm watching you on Strava, and you um you have a pretty decent pace. I'm impressed. Yeah. Distant, but you have a good pace. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm kind of like like I don't know if you saw my brother. He ran a, a like a half marathon 
a couple weeks back and then he's been off the radar for like three weeks since then because he says he rediscovered video games is what he told me is it uh, red dead revolver is that what he's playing red dead redemption you're yeah. you're, you're a couple of red dead games behind mike <laughs> i just found out what minecraft is so yeah so so i mean i'm kind of in the same boat uh video games definitely uh picking back up again that's for sure mm. um but yeah you know this is going to be the new norm so i figure might as well Set up my routines, get used to it. Oh, hey, Hector. Hi, sorry, I finally fixed my audio. No worries, man. We're just uh, catching up on how we're doing, going on 100 days in COVID, like. Uh, Has it been 100 already? Yeah. Man. Yep. It's been 100 days. I feel short and, and so, so long at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. How have you been, Joe? I'm good. Um, professionally, it's been crazy. Uh, you know, much like I think most brands and businesses going into COVID, there was a lot of ambiguity as to whether or not we would all have jobs. And so it's been interesting getting back into the office with the layers of like COVID and then another layer of like, BLM, and then just how everyone feels differently about it. Um, it's, it's been uh, awkward as hell, really. But we're all surviving. And um, for me, I still have a job, and I still have a paycheck, which is really great for Taekwondo. But um, other than that, I'm spending a lot of my weekends riding bicycles and getting vitamin D. Avi, how are you, other than the fact that your brother is uh, now at a higher risk of bringing COVID home? Uh, yeah, so, um, you know, personally, uh, video games is still definitely still doing that. Um, and But I am, yeah, I'm getting out there a little bit more. My friends are kind of, like, goading me to, hey, man, like, you know, we just hang out in, like, a chill area. So I am getting a little fresh air. Um professionally we did find out that our entire facilities in texas is going to get axed so we did have a mass layoff last week so whoa yeah yeah but they gave us um i have a two months notice so uh that i got that's plenty of time you guys know i was already searching for jobs so i'm actually uh i'm very glad i live with my parents i'll say that <laughs> Uh, <laughs> whoa, 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 uh, but I know a lot of my coworkers, they've been like, we can't find anything out here. Um, there's just not any jobs. And, and actually, our jobs got moved to Ohio, so they may actually just move to Ohio. But worse comes worse. Um, you know, if things don't, you know, work out in Houston, yeah, Austin is, uh, uh, I am definitely going to have to start putting out feelers in Austin. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I thought we already had this discussion. 
we did. What was our, what, what was our timeline again? Was it August? <laughs> yeah, so I'm officially scheduled to be laid off in August, um, and I'm trying to make it to that date because the severance package is very nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see after that. You know, I can probably afford hey. to go. You know, I can afford to bum it up for a little bit, but, you know, we'll see. How do, um, for, for, for those uh, still in school and fresh grads, tell us how severance packages work, Abby. Okay, <laughs> so uh, it's debatable whether it's required or not. I've read up, I, uh, you know, I read up on it beforehand, and apparently sometimes you don't get offered them. But, of course, when you get laid off, which there's a lot of that going around these days. Um, you know, a lot of guys will be uh, disgruntled, mad, frustrated. Um, and I, I, again, from what I know, the main reason kind of to offer this is uh, you have to sign, when you get offered a severance package, that you will have to sign kind of like some agreement that says, you know, I will not disparage, you know, the company name or, you know, give a bad review or something like that. Essentially, they are buying your... I won't say silence, but they are making sure like, hey, like, you know, this is amicable. Um, and in, in exchange for signing that, you get a certain amount of weeks pay. The longer you've worked at a company, the more weeks of pay you get. So I know some people who are, you know, they end work, their end date is in August. Their severance package lasts them through almost the whole year. So mine's only last till October. So that's kind of how it works. You get um, a certain amount of weeks of pay, um, but it is mm -hmm. a, an exchange for signing you know agreements it's a good thing you know how to stretch that dollar <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. i mean just yeah everybody just uh make sure you say make sure you say for a rainy day like because we are going through the ultimate rainy day yeah it's been a hundred i believe we timed this correctly we can be roommates in austin yeah i mean oh my god man, I have definitely, <laughs> expanded my search parameters for sure just saying just putting that out there what does what that what does that mean hector for those who yeah, are unemployed yeah what's going on with you hector i actually started a plan for jobs this past weekend well this past week yeah um, um ideally I do wanna, ideally i want to end up in austin but i'm kind of like just shooting my shot everywhere at this point uh just wherever best job i can get i don't even know what best looks like to be honest i don't know not really sure what i'm looking for i don't know if it's pay or like culture fit I, i'm not really sure so i'm just kind of shooting my shot everywhere and see see if i get res response you know yeah 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 are you uh are you wrapping up grad school so i'm currently working on my thesis uh but i won't be presenting it till fall so i'm in like a weird scenario where i don't know how to tell employers that i'm Pretty much basically done like i can start working fall my commitments up to august um but i can like start working in august basically but i still don't have my degree which is like weird when i apply for jobs well i know you have a recruiter for fujitsu in the room and you also have a recruiter for the federal government and at least from my part i know i can say that um you know we we do accept applications from people who haven't quite finished their their degree yet, but it's with the anticipation that by the time they finish it, then they're ready to roll right into um, employment. Y'all cut that out. We're trying to get Hector back to Austin, okay? <laughs> <laughs> cut that crap out. He wants to be in Austin. <laughs>
uh, we'll I don't see. think, uh, and if anything, I don't think Avi has actually expanded his parameter search too often. I think, I think, uh, I'm calling, I'm calling a bluff on that. <laughs> he's, he's probably been applying for the Houston Texans and like, don't need a software engineer at the Texans. <laughs> I would take a very steep pay cut. Actually, no, I hate the Texans. Not Rockets? <laughs> what about the Rockets? <laughs> oh, whoa. Oh. It is the Rockets. Rockets? Yeah. He is, he is wearing the beard. Yeah, yeah. He, came, he came with the beard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He almost looks like a James Harden. <laughs> almost. <laughs> a couple shades of color. Yeah. Grandmaster Park, how are you doing? How's uh, How's the new school? Oh, thank you for asking, Coach Mike. Um, it's definitely different. Everything's been online, but I've been open for the past uh, three weeks now, so that was nice. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's strange. I mean, I've, I've had several people join and just take classes online and several in-house, but now with um, the new uh, cases and COVID, you know, people are scared again. Yeah. Uh, my, my school in New Jersey – that uh, I'm hoping it opens in July and the school in Manhattan's not going to open until September. So crazy times. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's scary, but smart at the same time, you know, people are scared, you know, yeah. our, 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 our estimated opening time for the New Jersey school is July the 6th. And every student that I asked online said that they're just going to continue online until August or September. Cause they're, they're scared. Yeah, yeah, and it's um, it's funny you mention that because, like, as a parent, uh, one of the biggest topics of conversation now is the upcoming school year, and a lot of schools are trying to figure out what it's going to look like next year. I don't think any school district has it figured out if they're going to do, you know, more online classes or if they're going to have any in in person classes or what. But I think um, one of the biggest concerns on all parents' minds are: should I send my kid to a to a school right now? like any school. Um, my wife and I have that conversation pretty often. What's the verdict? Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. My, my, uh, my, my children, my uh, son, they said they're starting August 18th, but then we had an email saying that they're going to try to social distance by having 25%. And my wife was like, nah, 25%, it's, it's you know, we're, we're just going to, do it online at home because it's, it's not really worth it. Yeah. But also I understand why they're doing it because there's uh, children that need to be fed and they need to go uh, to true. eat. And that's why I believe they're going to have 25% for the underprivileged to be able to have their meal. So it's, it's, it's tough. It's really yeah. tough right now because I feel for the kids that come from really abusive homes and, uh, and things and, like that where they, yeah. In also a tough situation. Families where both parents have to work in order to make ends meet, you know. I'm, yes. We, uh, Daisy and I are pretty fortunate to where, you know, we, we're, we're stable enough to where only I have to work and she can um, have the honors of staying at home and taking care of the kids. Uh, but uh, we know that's, that's a pretty rare, fortunate situation in the country these days. I'm sorry, did yeah. you say the honor of staying home and taking care of the kids? <laughs> 
I did. That's exactly what I said. That's exactly what I said. It is. It is a thankless job. That's very necessary. <laughs> oh, quite honorable. <laughs> yeah. I'll bow out. I'll, I'll totally bow out on this one. <laughs> I hear footsteps in the background of your video, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, how was Father's Day for y'all? Did y'all do anything special? Uh, yeah, so for um, for me, I got this new watch. Ooh, show us. Yeah. I feel like I've been working out a lot now. Yeah. Uh, it's cool new toy. It's um, it's a Garmin Forerunner 35. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that's Danica's brand. She has that watch, I think. It, it, I wouldn't be surprised. It was also um, recommended by Jana. Okay. Who has been like the like for four weeks in a row the Strava champ on the leaderboards. <laughs> so if she endorses it, I'll definitely buy it. Nice. Um, but yeah, uh, I got this new watch, and then um, we actually went up to Austin for uh, for Father's Day and. We, we went to Barton Springs. I have a question for you. I have an, a, a hypothesis as to why you do it, but I've been asked and I don't know the answer. Why do you check in on Facebook wherever you go? Um, it, it's more of an alibi just to let people know that I'm alive. It's a proof of life. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was more complicated. I thought it was like, well, you know, Mike is a GIS major. He he might geek out over like over time having the data points of his travel <laughs> and then like exporting that into like a topographic map and like that's kind of how he gets his kicks. But it's good to know <laughs> that's how you tell people that you're alive. You, you know, you're not you're not wrong in your hypothesis. Uh, I am a okay. GIS nerd and I do geek out over mapping technologies. So that's why I like Strava a lot. Um, that's why I'm, I do like to check in on Facebook uh, at certain places. Um, but I'm also, on, you know, on the flip side, I'm also very um, uh, data privacy aware and concerned mm -hmm. and maybe borderline paranoid about it. So uh, I'm very selective about what I broadcast. So you would never let the government scan your forehead and log your... Uh, location to let you know that you've been around someone with COVID? Um, I have no comment. Can you <laughs> or deny any of it? <laughs> I think that's, doing it in China, that's a right? good intelligence answer. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, if we're on that converse, topic of conversation, I'm fully aware of the data privacy concerns about that. And I'm fully aware of the mindset of this country and what it's built on about the apprehensiveness and the concerns of um, contact tracing and mm -hmm. um, location tracking of mobile devices. Uh, there's definitely, when it comes to privacy, the United States definitely, definitely takes it um, very serious, more so than other countries. Uh, kind of though, right? It's like, no, like you can't, you can't scan my forehead, but I'll give you all of my children's information on Facebook instantly. 
yeah, that's the funny catch twenty two. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, that's how I spent my Father's Day, uh, feeding into <laughs> that Wait, big I, pool. I get debating ethical issues on privacy. And yeah. on that, because you you don't post like I don't know, like, per se like Insta Instagram stories, right? No. Because I feel like that's the equivalent. For example, I don't know, pre-COVID, if like oh I'm in Austin, or like you know you just I don't know post a picture and tag it with Austin. To let people know that you're in Austin, and if someone wants to hang out, they'll just hit like hit you up, you know? Yeah. Is yeah. that the equivalent of like Facebook like check in and like people just come and like, oh, let's go grab lunch or something like that? Pretty much. I think that's how Daniel and I worked out one morning. Uh, I was in Austin a couple of years ago, and I was like, hey, I'm going to Clark Field for some running. Anyone wants to join? You're more than welcome to. And I, it's six thirty in the morning. I'm waiting there, and then Daniel shows up out of the dark, like. All right, I guess we're doing this. Wow. I remember nothing of that, so it must have been very... It, it must have been at, at 6.30, that's for sure. It was 6.30. It was still dark. I think it was your last, your, like, your super senior year. Yeah. The, the victory run. <laughs> yep. At Grandmaster Park, how was your Father's Day? It was really nice. Thank you. Um, my wife and family took me out to uh, Perry's for dinner downtown. And uh, steakhouse. Yes, sir. It was really nice. I had uh, several bourbons, <laughs> which was really nice. But my dog, I didn't realize how much food came out. I definitely don't suggest the escargot because they put blue cheese in it, which freaks me out. I don't know why they did that. The steak tartare was nice. That pork chop was awesome, except for mm. I brought the heart of it back home. And apparently my dog decided to help himself because I put it away. I guess he knows how to, he literally took the step stool, stepped on it so he can have my pork chop. <laughs> wow. My, my Airedale. This guy right here. Oh, can't see him. Where is he? Yep. So he helped himself to my dinner, but it was nice. I, I really enjoyed it because uh, just relaxing with the family. I appreciate you guys asking. I do see that you've been in nature a lot. Is there like a favorite spot so far that you've checked out? Dude, Hector, this man is hitting every hot spot in Texas since he's landed. Check mark, check mark. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's my wife. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I, 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 I'm with... Uh, an agreement with coach Mike, you know, it's like having such an amazing wife, having honored she's taking care of the kids and she comes up with those most amazing places. We hit all these wonderful places. And I tell you what, I love Bucky's cause I bought it. We bought tubes for 12 bucks a piece and we've already used it like six times and didn't have to rent. And I'll, I'll buy like a, a strap, you know, to take the shuttle and I'll go pick up uh, the, I'll jump on the shuttle bus and, pick up the truck and pick up the kids and you know it's really uh it's really fun huh? we we really like um what is that uh we've hit jacob's well twice we hit so many of the places in uh san marcos but this friday they're closing it aren't they like friday is the last time you can tube all these places are shutting down san marcos so we're Ooh. tubing I didn't yeah. Dang it. yeah so if you guys are going to tube uh or uh, kayak, I believe Thursday is the last day, so my kids are going tomorrow. 
But I like where Coach Van went. Holy crap, that was beautiful. I took Hector this time. I saw the backflip. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's, what's crazy about that trip? Uh, we parked our car, went, uh, you know, at the pullout spot, and we got a shuttle. We got a shuttle to go back to the drop-in, and the shuttle was basically this, this older guy in this little two, you know, two-seater, two-and-a-half-seater truck, felt like. But uh, he was just pounding Shiner beer the whole time. And as soon as I got in the car, as soon as I got in the car, I looked over and looked down. He had a stack of Shiner beer bottle caps, like, around, littered around him inside of his truck. He had to, like, move it out of the way to get to the gear. <laughs> and um, he's flying down these country roads, taking us to our tubing spot at, like, easily 45, 50 miles per hour. Um, and he was just talking about, you know, oh, all the tubing spots are starting to blow up with COVID, so... Um, they got really lucky about, you know, staying open and less crowded, but it was still one of those gripping, gripping the, the, the railings pretty hard, hoping that uh, we make it back to the, the spot. <laughs> Texas. Yep, Texas. Yeehaw. So, um, Joe, I know on some of these calls before, uh, you've mentioned that with this whole COVID thing and this social distancing and kind of our season being shut down early, um, that you feel like you finally identified what has been eating away at you or what's been frustrating you this whole time has been, you know, that since we can't do Taekwondo and we can't be around Texas Taekwondo anymore, it's this loss of community, this loss of being able to hang out with our community. Um, you know, so with that, you know, what is it that we miss the most, you know, going into these hundred days of, of trying to? Awesome. Oh dear. Um, you know, but what is it that we miss most about Texas Taekwondo? Um, yeah, I'll start with you, Joe. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, personally, uh, I initially thought it was the workouts, but, you know, those first three weeks of COVID, it seemed like everyone was like an Instagram workout influencer who knew something about something, and the, 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 the fitness wasn't an issue at all. Like, it is now, because we're like, okay, that was fun, but let's just chill, <laughs> right? Um, so if you're still on your program 100 days in, I applaud you, um, but it became super clear to me that like the coaching aspect was like a huge part. And I knew that, I know that because as soon as we started doing uh, outdoor classes again, like I had a big old grin on my face. I was like, ah, this is what I miss. Yeah. Like we had been working out all summer, you know, in the heat, uh, the two HP folk. And then um, my personal training partner, which is Danielle for the summer. Um, we had like this agreement, like, Hey, let's stay relatively safe. Let's be our workout partners with each other for class. And um, that was great. It was cool. But I think throughout the first four to five to six weeks, you guys heard a version of me that was just really frustrated that, um, you know, going through the stages of grief, right? Like, like anger, just like, ah, why is this, it's being removed. We can't, we can't move fast enough to recover. Um, and then even Nihar and the officer groups like Coach Joe is going crazy because we're not pumping up pumping up our Zoom classes enough. 
and uh, it was an, it was it was tough to find an outlet for boys that was very evident. So, to you know summarize, um, you know nowadays looking back, like being accepting of that and understanding that like that was taken away, but also you know people in like Grandmaster Park's position where his way of life was changed too, and a lot of people's ways of lives were changed. Um, helped kind of just kind of bring it all home. Um, but yeah, I walked into this exact uh, mat room uh, last week with a Chad, our rec sports guy, and the room still smelled like nasty feet, which like <laughs> I never, I've never missed it as much as I did walking in that room because it felt like no one had been in that room since the day a hundred days ago. Um, it was untouched. And it was weird because I know that it won't be touched for potentially another hundred ish, you know? Um, so I, you know, I, I miss our way of life, but I miss the group and the community. And so now that we have classes going on again, it's been really nice to just kind of get to do my thing, which is watch people try really hard at something that's so weird and unique, but then grow from it. Um, and plus, it's been really nice watching these Texas sunsets, as Grandmaster Park has learned, uh, that it's all been bearable. So, yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah, yeah. Um, remote coaches, what about y'all? What have you, what do you miss the most about, you know, our normal routine and schedule with Texas Taekwondo? I'll go, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, so as a remote coach and as a remote coach specifically in Dallas, which is what, three and a half hours away, sometimes four on a bad day. Um, you know, I value every time I get to visit um, and I value FaceTime specifically, you know, like Zoom calls are great and all. Don't get me wrong. Like it's, it's amazing that we have the technology to see each other's faces and to, to work out and to do all this cool stuff and to, you know, even host this podcast. But like, actually having face-to-face -face time with people, you know, actually getting to kick them in the hogu. Um, <laughs> that's, that's one thing that I really miss. And I guess I knew how precious it was to me as a remote coach, because I got to see it so rarely. And now that I don't have it at all, it's like, well, you know, it's rough. It's rough. Get it back. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I can go next. Um, Virtual hug yeah. Daniel. Thank you. <laughs> I, I echo what kind of what Daniel's saying. Where yeah, I miss those sporadic uh, trips to Austin. Um, you know, whether we're doing an event, whether we've got a tournament going on, or a scrimmage, or or I'm just coming up just for a practice. Um, I definitely just kind of miss the. Anytime I have something like that, there's a certain thrill to it, and I miss that. Um, I miss just getting my you know, butt kicked at, you know, at a practice, like, you know, um, practices are way harder now than they were back then. And oddly enough, like I, I, there's a certain amount of joy I take in just being like, man, look at you right now, just, you know, barely able to keep up with these guys. Um, and it was just like, you know, it helped me. It was great to know, like I was doing something to, you know, slowly get back to, um, you know, in tip top shape. So I, I definitely miss that. It's, it's really, I'm, I find it weird that I'm saying this, but I miss just getting my butt like absolutely kicked in practice. I can't wait to kick you, kick your butt again too, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy you. I'm gonna seconded, enjoy you. seconded. I'm going to enjoy you kicking my butt. 
Okay, I'm in too. Let's all kick off his butt. I love it. Solidarity. <laughs> all right, well, Avi. Virtual, virtual butt kick? We're live. No. We can't censor that easily. <laughs> I'm <dying. laughs> I'll go next. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything's along the same lines. But uh, over the past few weeks, when I was working on the senior senior videos, I stumbled upon my last semester, like the last few weeks. I remember I brought a GoPro to the last few practices, and. I don't mm. know who was there. Dan I don't know. Daniel wasn't there anymore. I guess just Joe remembers. So I stick a GoPro. I'll, I'll even put it out right now. I stick the GoPro <laughs> on my mouth and I just started recording practices like like POV kind of <laughs> video shoot. And I was looking through those. And I'm like, man, like, I, I don't know when I'm going to have that again. And that's part of the reason why, like, I really want to go back to Austin because, like, that sense of community. Like, I know it's going to be harder to find that somewhere else. Um, and I know that if I go to Austin, it's just right there, <laughs> you know? Is it harder because it's a new city or is it hard because it's a new city plus COVID? You know, COVID is definitely a new element. Like, even if I move to Austin right now, yeah, like, uh, it's not going to be the same, of course. But it just depends on the city. Uh, it's a lot of factors, yeah. But I definitely yeah. do miss it a lot. I miss it a lot. I mean, technically, I Hector, we live in the same city. We could meet up and kick if you want. But I I have a feeling you'd be able to kick my ass pretty easily. <laughs> no, I don't know. I've been pretty Taekwondo shape. I feel pretty out of shape. It's a very different kind of like fitness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I know if I was like in Austin, I feel like I would be like more fit. You know, there's like that pressure of like working out, and it's right. a good for me personally. It's a good kind of pressure. Like I know it can be negative sometimes. But it's a good kind of pressure, like to work out, like. For example, Avi, we're rumors like, hey, come on, let's go work out. If someone's filming down, you're like, hey, no, we're still doing it. <laughs> that, that kind of thing. And that honestly, that was kind of what team was for me. Like on days where you're just like, I don't know, man, like, I don't know if I can do it. And you just show up and it's like, oh, no, you know, I, I can still do it. Yeah. I was going to ask Coach Mike, how, how have classes been? Um, you visited twice now on yeah. Thursday outdoor classes. And Lila tells me, see you next week. Like, it's going to become a regular thing just want to hear more about that so it's definitely something that we look forward to and when i first told the girls that we were going to go up to austin and train with texas taekwondo they got really really excited um a because they have been cooped up in the house for so long they're just itching to get out and socialize with people and b i think they're getting really bored um, and mundane with training with me, we just, we we have a very strict regiment, and I, I I keep a log of what we train on, and I I, I go over it every day, and I make sure not to repeat yeah. it. But you know, since we're still at the very basics, we do have to repeat something. So they look forward to it. So um, yeah, uh, you know, pending schedule, uh, I would my idea is to at least go up there once a week. Um, that being said, this week we won't be able to, uh, but uh, it is something that we do plan on being there at least once a week uh, for this. Wow. All we have the opportunity. That's awesome. We're really lucky to have you all. It actually brings like the whole 
like the whole class up. Like, like very energetic. Because <laughs> because it works both ways, right? Because like the little girls are watching the big adults are like, wow, they can move so quickly. And then the adults are watching the kids are like, oh my gosh, those girls didn't even stretch. They're just like, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> so, everybody's motivated. Everybody's motivated. I think, um, so I was watching Lila going through some of her drills last week. And there was a drill where they had to kick and they had to sprint back and forth or something. And as she was doing that, I was watching some of the people on the soccer field playing soccer. And I, I noticed some of them just kind of paused and, you know, it's campus. So if you see a little kid, you're kind of like, you scratch your head like, wait, time out. There's a little kid running around on a college campus. And they saw Lila like training really, really hard. And one of them just kind of stopped and was like, like did like a slow clap for her <laughs> she was hustling and um, I thought that was pretty neat you know I, I'm you know my goal as a dad has always been to um, expose my girls to as many opportunities as I can um, and at the same time not not always treat them like little kids um, kind of treat them more mature or older than um, than I naturally kind of want to so it's been a real thrill. It's been a lot of fun and a real pleasure um, having the opportunity just to let them train with Princess Taekwondo. Yeah, I think it's super neat that they have the experience of training with the best collegiate program in the nation. That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that kind of leads me into, you know, what have we, what have we been capitalizing on during these times to stay engaged with Texas Taekwondo to make the best out of this kind of, um, you know, what could be perceived as a negative situation? What's the silver lining? And, you know, that has definitely been one, but, you know, what are some other examples that we've been capitalizing on to maybe explore other areas or other avenues to engage and communicate with, with our colleagues in Texas Taekwondo? Well, I know you're not going to give yourself credit for it, so I will, Mike. Um, I think this podcast itself is has been a uh, an amazing discovery, an amazing uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It just it just kind of sprung out of this whole COVID situation, um, and I think it's been great for bringing the community together, for bringing the coaches together, and also for bringing back people, you know, from the past of Texas Taekwondo. You know, we've got we've got everything up to the club's inception. We've got you know, Wei and Paul Cho and all these people and the the Shetties and all this history um, that some of some of the current members may not have heard of before and it's just all coming back and, and it's so accessible and available and it's it's good to know that, you know, our alumni are are out there and they're they're doing well and uh, they still have Texas Taekwondo. Um, they have they have it in a fond place in their hearts. So yeah, yeah. I would say this this has been one of the great successes, honestly. So one of the things about this whole process that I found interesting, this whole season one of the podcast has pretty much been a documentation of me figuring out technology and figuring out what a podcast is. <laughs> and it's pretty much a recording of like me going, is this thing on? How does this work? What are we doing? What's a podcast? Is it like a radio show? I don't yeah. know. Does it make me a radio host? You tell me. Let me go ask some of my older friends. You don't know what a podcast is either? And the final boss battle is 
now for this last one we introduced video so like you you had it all yeah. down pat you're like all right i'm cruising we're good we got we got episodes yeah. coming one after the other bam now we're live yeah now we're live stream yeah <laughs> i i would echo that like i've told you this personally mike but i didn't know how much i would enjoy this process and i think part of why i enjoy it so much is because i'm not a part of it like it gives me the opportunity to step aside and be like, wow, the brand, the program, the, the legacy, I guess what you call it, right? It's like our core values carried through time, our legacy, um, has been extremely consistent. It's, it's been, you know, con consi yeah, it's, it's been incredibly consistent and it's helped me identify who we are as an organization even more clearly. And then also like kind of like falling in love with the program again, like to hear so many different types of athletes who are all over the world now doing all this other stuff. And um, yeah, it gave me another reason to love what we do here outside of the day to day that I'm usually entrenched in. So like props to making what seemingly was just like a fun COVID project turn into what is like an, a great like uh, historical documentation during an interesting time of our lives of the program. Yeah. yeah, so congrats. Yeah, it's been pretty cool how you've been able to get the guests you've got. You know, I, I've really leaned on a lot of y'all and a lot of alumni to um, get these guests on the podcast. Like uh, when we did that one episode with Sadie and Andrea and Josh Kibovitz, um, you know, they were just, they were spitting out so many like memories that, you know, I was never a part of, but it was so fun to listen to. And then what ends up happening is, you know, I'll, I'll talk to them after the podcast, like, hey, what are some, you know, what are some recommendations for who should be on the next one? And they're always spitting out names. And that's actually how the, the Shetties one came about. Like I, the only person from the Shetties that I, I knew really was, well, there was, um martin and and ray who i've only met a few times and then but like um seren and and um fro or anthony like i i've never met them before and that podcast was the first time i ever spoke with them so that the very first few minutes of that podcast and i'm saying seren's name wrong and i'm calling anthony tony that was all legit and they're all calling me out on it <laughs> seren's like okay first off you're, you're, you're pronouncing my name incorrectly. So you got to say it like this. Like, right, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry to the first time I'm meeting you. I just started here. I'm sorry. It's my first week. Yeah, it's my first day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it's been fun. Um, I've really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, it, I'm really, I look forward to it because it's kind of like a social social um hour for me too you know i'm um, hanging out with hector avi and, and daniel on these podcasts and um hector usually takes it up a notch and knows how to bring a good time to the podcast what does that mean <laughs> hector explain uh um <laughs> <laughs> Are you, are you referring to your light Mexican beers? No, actually, so it all started with my girlfriend just asking nicely, would you like an old fashioned? And I was like, oh, why not? And it ended up with like me basically finishing half a bottle of whiskey in a podcast. Oh, I see. 
And luckily, when you're not live, you can censor a lot of questions. <laughs> do a lot of editing. I do a lot of editing. <laughs> but like I said before, the alcohol keeps the conversation flowing. Or I don't know what phrase I used. That's exactly what you said. <laughs> Helps with the like awkward like pauses and stuff. <laughs> But I do like how over time we got really used to the podcast recording process and we'll be having a conversation and the drinks are flowing and then you'll just straight up go, all right, Mike, so the next few minutes, I want you to cut out, but here's what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> you just start right in. <laughs> yep. And it wouldn't be a podcast without my audio cutting out at least once. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that too. I still haven't figured it out. <laughs> Yeah, um, but I like what Joe says. The, the low-tech aspect of it kind of brings the charm to the podcast. Speaking of podcasts, this is also uh, the first time that we've had Grand Master Park on a podcast. Woo! Woo! Yeah. <laughs> and um, so this is the season one finale, but uh, we're in the process of producing season two. And my, my plan and vision is to have season two um, kick off at the beginning of the fall semester, just to kind of pump up the energy and get the momentum started at the beginning of the year. So we'll definitely have you on um, season two of Grandmaster Park. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Um, I do recommend, since you and I are probably closer in demographics than <laughs> than myself and, and the other other folks here. Uh, like for me, I definitely had to research and learn what a podcast was before I hopped into, into them. Yeah, I'm learning everything. I don't know any of this crap. Yeah, so since I've started podcast series, I've, uh, I've invested in a new set of headphones. I've invested in a new recording mic. Um, just to kind of help bring up the uh, technology aspects. Oh, that's nice. I'm, I'm taking Zoom on my Apple computer that's 15 years old. We, we can't hear it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Grandmaster Park, it sounds like you've been assimilated into the Matrix. <laughs> you got a little bit of a... <laughs> you know... You know, The Matrix, the movie, The Matrix is, pro um, is probably older than some of the freshmen we have. I uh, know. I just realized that they, they had oh, that's so scary. like last week or so, or a few yeah. months ago, right? I mean, that Matrix was like 98, 99. Man. Wow. Yes, that's right. That's right. So, so I got to help out Grandmaster Park. Grandmaster Park, yeah. it might be your Bluetooth headphones. If you have Bluetooth headphones in. Yeah. It's, these are old. I think these are about eight years old. Ah. Uh, yeah. It, it might be that. That's giving you that okay. predator effect. <laughs> Aliens are the predator. Let me turn this Try that. Turn it off and on. Yeah. Because mine, mine was doing that too. You oh. should record I, yourself there, and sell that audio. <laughs> So like a, is like a rap lyric. Is a rap, oh crap! Uh, it's not working. Oh, yeah. there you go. Movie effect. Oh, he hasn't turned it on yet. 
So let's no. recap. Let's recap the past season for for the podcast. Um, oh, okay. Woo. Hey. What were what were some of y'all's uh, memorable moments or favorite episodes from the podcast? And I'd also like to open up the um, <laughs> the attendees who are listening. All two of them, like you know, you're more welcome to chime in with what your favorite podcast episodes were. And if you have any questions about some of them, you're more than welcome to throw your questions into the chat right now. But uh, I'll open up the floor for discussion on like your favorite podcast episodes or memories from the past season. Let me pull up the episode list. Which, by the way, I just wanted to say it's impressive that you got us on Spotify too. Uh, I don't know how big of a deal that was to like. Uh, so I think Anchor is owned by Google, and if I'm not mistaken, is Spotify owned by Google as well? No, it Negative. wouldn't surprise me. Okay. Negative. Google Music is a separate. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so I think Spotify like it automatically syncs up. And then you have to request to publish your podcast onto other, other venues as well, like Apple or um, uh, Google Podcasts. But yeah, Separately, yeah. we no longer have any funding and we'll need to start fundraising all over again. We wrote one fat check to Spotify, hoping that it would be our best recruiting tool these days. And how did that go? I, I think it's good. I think it's good. I think we can. I think we can move with Spotify. I think the kids are on Spotify these days, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can. So one thing that I've really liked about um, this podcast series on Anchor, I'm a big data analytics nerd. So that's why I like Strava and um, you know all these other data analytics stuff of like everyday life. So with Anchor, since it's um, you know I'm the host, it gives me all these data statistics of you know what platforms people are listening on, uh, the demographics, what states they're listening from and all that. So it's, if you're a data analytics nerd, it's a really cool place to geek out. And um, I can actually go back and see where most of our audience members are, um, are tuning in from. Um, but for me personally, I'll, I'll start off my, one of my favorite podcast episodes was with um, Paul Cho and Wei Li. Um, and the reason for that was, uh, <laughs> so those, those two were, um, you know, those were my training buddies back when I was a, an undergrad and, you know, they were, they were seniors when I was a, a an underclassman and, um, they essentially became also my, um, my socializing buddies, uh, also my drinking buddies as well. And um, that podcast, we, we actually um, consumed quite a bit of alcohol for some old timers that we actually had to, <laughs> we, I actually had to call them back and do a, a, a re-record on, an, on another, on a second day, just because some of the conversations we had were very um, kind of all over the place. <laughs> so the, the final episode that you hear on the, on the Anchor series is actually a stitch of two separate days of recordings. Waste the so, time. <laughs> did you guys end up drinking for the recording and the re-recording? Because I couldn't tell really where you guys started becoming coherent and like got out of that. <laughs> so mission accomplished. Um, I, that means we did a really good job. 
You drank just the right amount on both days. Yeah, just it, the right it, amount. Average out right. Yeah, I won't tell you if I cut some of the more drunken parts towards the beginning and more of the sober parts towards the ends of the episode. I'll just leave it the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed that one. That was a lot of fun. Um, and what spun off of that is um, I think one or two other times after that podcast, um, Paul Cho and Wei Li, uh, we, we had a virtual happy hour just amongst us dads um, later on. So it, it was good to kind of kickstart um, socializing with them some more, you know? You're going to have to release that definitive cut soon. That's true. Postseason one, postseason one, uh, special edition. I am going to venture to say I need to delete a lot of those conversations. <laughs> um, like permanently delete. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I guess I'll go next. Um, I loved every moment of that whole Star Wars podcast. Uh, so I don't know if that counts or not, but that was just almost two hours of just geeking out and like i'm like my people finally you guys get it you get it you know finally, uh, finally. i must admit i i cannot finish that one i was like i'm not i don't understand like what <laughs> i'm I sure got, that was a concern but we just said you know what we've got enough nerds that they yeah, would love I'm this. Sure, I'm sure we're gonna go it. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that just goes to show you got to catch up on at least the Clone Wars. Come on, man. That's, I was that's like approachable. Yeah. No, I mean, Star Wars is Star Wars, except for the sequ or the sequels. Yeah, those don't count. <laughs> so what I really, what I really liked about that was, um, you know, Cutter. I, I look at him. I view him as like this, like this goofy boy. And it, sometimes he's hard to take serious, you know. I mean, he trains hard. He's really athletic. But he has a very goofy side to him. Uh, but when it came to the Star Wars conversation, he got really deep and very philosophical with it. And I was very impressed with it. And, you know, I was like, wow, he's really put a lot of thought into this. And it's it's not just some fanboy geeking out. It's, it's actually very deep, well-thought-out conversations. Um, and I, it, it's relatable, you know, because I am a Star Wars fan as well. So that, that's what I liked about it. And, you know, it also gave me an opportunity to, to um, hang out with Matt Douglas, who I don't get to hang out with very often. But uh, you know, he's a very deep thought kind of guy. And, um, you know, it, it was, you know, I, I know we geeked out over Star Wars stuff. But it was also some very well thought out, very uh, meaningful conversations. Yeah, agreed, oh. agreed. Couldn't pick two better panelists, that's for sure. Liza <laughs> says that she wasn't allowed to watch Star Wars growing up. You don't, neither was I. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. My parents, for the longest time, thought that it was, like, violent because, they, you know, Star Wars, it's like, oh, it's in the name. Why bother? It's a war movie. It is a war Yeah, movie. yeah. So they didn't let me watch it. And then I think in, like, summer camp, I got signed up for, like, a Star Wars summer camp or something, and they showed us the movies during lunchtime. And after that, everything broke. And actually, after that, my dad, like, eventually got me to buy him a boxed copy of, like, all, all six of the, uh, the existing Star Wars movies. And he loved them. He watched them all the way through. And he's like, well, well my bad. Interesting. <laughs> I would like the podcast where we deep dive into Daniel's childhood. 
like, like his starts with Taekwondo and all that. Sure. <laughs> sure. Start wherever. There's plenty of material, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no. Uh, well, sorry to hear that, Eliza, but hey, it's, it's never too late. Disney Plus, we got it now. Hakeem is, Hakeem is saying he's slowly getting through Clone Wars eventually. eventually. He's excited about talking about it with us. Well, so what, no are, what are some like high-level bullet points about Clone Wars you guys would advise for other folks? Hmm. Well, it's ostensibly a kid's show, but don't let that turn you off of it. It's It's very much one of those shows that appeals to the whole demographic, which is why, of course, all of us, mostly all of us, have, have watched it all the way through and are fans of it. Like it's, it can get really deep. Um, so don't, don't just brush it off and be like, oh, this is, what is this? Cartoons. Hey, I'm 51 and I love it. Yeah, okay. Hey, I'm on board. Yes. It's awesome. Do you guys ever is listen it, to the audiobooks? Yes, I have. My friend Mark Thompson does the audiobooks. Oh, really? Huh. Mm hmm Yeah. Oh, wow. She married my ex-girlfriend. I introduced him. <laughs> okay. Small world. <laughs> yeah, I, I introduced him. <laughs> He's a really nice guy. He does all the audio. He does all the com comic comics. He has a and very nice stuff. voice. Very deep. Yeah. So it, it's funny. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but that's actually an industry that I want to break into: um, audiobooks or voice narration. You have the voice for it. I can introduce you to him. We'll, we'll talk offline, Grandmaster. Okay. But... Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's happening. It's happening. I hear people call my people. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, for Clone Wars, what I really enjoy about it is um, I like the fact that it it was the opportunity to really build up and go into character background stories that the movies never had the opportunity to. So um, it, it is definitely a series where you will um, build an attachment to certain characters and you will see characters lost or gained and you feel those emotions for it. And it's a very, very good storytelling element and mechanism. And, um, and kind of like how Daniel said, well, uh, another aspect I like is that it transcends all ages. I actually uh, watched it with my daughters during these hundred days of COVID. And we looked forward to every moment of, you know, all right, we're all gonna veg out and sit on the couch and watch Clone Wars. And we went through a whole series I think we're about to go through it a second time. <laughs> Mike, what's your stance on adult adoptions? Adult adoptions? Are, are you open to adult adoptions? Because that is a hallmark of a good father right there. Watching Clone Wars two times through. <laughs> wait, wait. What does that mean as adult adoptions? You'll have to clarify, son. Like, <laughs> never mind, never mind. Like I, I think I think everyone else gets it, dude. Daniel, your oh. dad plays basketball. So, do you want him to adopt you? I mean, yeah. If he plays basketball with me every weekend, he's already invited me. All right, cool. Go for it. He's already, he's in Houston. 
Dad swap. <laughs> you may regret that. Anyway. Bobby, what were your favorite episodes? Not Clone Wars, but podcasts. <laughs> Thank you. Um, mine were... Let's see. I liked... Some of my favorite moments were just, like, Daniel, like clearly just like thinking out loud um <laughs> like there were just times where daniel was just clearly you could tell like he was like talking to himself and he was just speaking out loud and it just was it, it there were some really good really great moments uh, of just daniel being daniel what moments um, do you tell <laughs> and then also i really like the the one where it was you, Joe, and I think David Cho, um, and you guys are all just talking about your uh, collegiate trip to Berkeley. Yeah. And, awesome. you know, I know we're all, you know, on a staff here and we're all, you know, making sure we got our ish together and we're all like, uh, you know, we try to give, give off a certain impression. And then just hearing you guys, just like all the stupid crap you guys did when you went to Berkeley, and I'm just like, man, I feel pretty good about all the screw-ups we've had um, in past collegiates and past trips compared to that. And just seeing you guys like clown around and, um, you know, like do things that I, if I had to uh, be there, I would have totally, you know, been freaking out or something like that and missing flights and this and that and it, it was kind of cool. It was, it, it kind of gave me a little more perspective, like, oh, they were, of course, they were there too. They were in our shoes too. And they wanted to have fun and, you know, uh, do stupid crap like we did as well. So that was actually kind of a, that was a very fun one for me. Having fun and doing stupid crap is a value that transcends all of time through the history of Texas Taekwondo. We were young, you know. I I agree with your um, sentiment, Abi. You know, if I were, if I had to be a coach to my to a younger version of myself, I would have more gray hair. <laughs> you know, uh, I would I would I would stress that a lot. I would probably be very frustrated as well. If if I had to chaperone Mike Tran, who went to UC Berkeley in two thousand five, poof, yeah. <laughs> No, Joe, you the the irony is that Mike Tran chaperoned Joe Van in 2005 at Berkeley. <laughs> the blind leading the blind. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much was it. That's what it was. And then throw David Cho into the mix. The mix. And it was like, you know. You know, I messaged Danielle, our our former president, uh, after that episode went out, and I was like, please listen to this. And, and understand that we've never had our shit together and that you're doing the best you can too. So like high five, you know, like don't explain. We've always been terrible at this and we're getting better slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was, it was neat to hear some of the collegiate experience from some of the other alumni that I personally didn't get to work with like Sadie and Ray, you know, they shared some of their collegiate experiences and um, what it was like to be officers during that time, trying to organize 
getting a group to go to collegiates and then competing at the same time. And I was like, huh, you know, 10 years after my time, it was kind of about the same. All right, I don't feel too bad. <laughs> the Shetties, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Just hearing it was, like, um, I was very surprised that Martin opened up. <laughs> yep. Super <laughs> pranks they played on each other. It's like, I, I really wish, like, I don't know, being there, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I found, like, that, that video where they, like, I think they, what was it, like, a uh, phone Wall book? Wall run? They, pages. Yeah, phone book pages on, on the room. I was like, I saw oh. the video, like, whoa. <laughs> they really did go all out. <laughs> it was hilarious that they all kind of centered on and ganged up on Ray. And he could literally kick all of their asses at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Joe, you were you were the um mm -hmm. I think out of all of us, you're the only one that really got to work with him. I mean, yeah. what do you think? Uh, underrated Raymond Lee. Yeah. Underrated. I get why people pick on him because he's like super nice and like loving and it's part of their stick, but I think what Serene didn't really like say out loud explicitly was that like for sure they all love and respect Ray at the highest level yeah. and because he's so nice it's part of like their whole dynamic but yeah Raymond Lee was one of our best team captains ever ever I, I, and I could see that um you know not just with the podcast but all the conversations I had with him leading up to the podcast and after the podcast and you know what's funny, um, the, the fact that they all like picked on him and pranked him, it was their weird way of showing their immense respect and love to him. That's what I uh. saw. And it was funny because after the podcast, and it kind of ended on like all of us picking on Ray. Uh, but after the Wait, podcast, when, did, when did you do <laughs> Say what? Some it, it ended with all of us. <laughs> oh, yeah, not not me, of course. Um, oh, okay. Um, like it, it, you know, it, it it kind of ended on a, um, like everyone kind of sharing their their Ray stories. Um, later on, Martin messaged me and he shared some more stories about Ray. <laughs> it, it it was all from a, a a position of respect. You know, Martin wanted to make it clear, like, hey, you know, we all we all shared kind of funny stories about Ray, but. I just wanted to be known that Ray was a beast and he was like the best of us. And not just that, but he had like a heart of gold. Like Ray would give the shirt off his back to anybody if they needed it. And, you know, Martin just went through this list of all these examples and, you know, it was very prevalent. Um, you know, not just that Ray was an amazing athlete, but like he was just a really great guy and great person in general, you know? Yeah. He was a really strong club member. Yeah. Um, I, and I went back and watched some of his fights. You know, there's some videos on his fights, and gosh, the guy was so fast, amazingly fast. Yeah, yeah. He's a he had a lot of old school in him, but like fast old school. Whew. I'd hate to be kicked by him, you know. <laughs> well, it looks like uh, Grandmaster Park is. In the middle of some cooking, that's okay. Grandmaster Park, take yourself off mute and give us a British Bake Off version of what you're doing. <laughs> well, 
I just made my son a pizza sandwich and roasted corn from the fire pit. Oh, Ooh. nice. Okay. Hold up. Can we go back to the pizza sandwich? That's like two of my favorite things combined into one. <laughs> oh, yes. Is here, hold on. Is it like a calzone sandwich? No, this is what, okay. What the people in New York used to do is whatever bread they had was left over, they didn't want to throw it out. So it was day old bread and they would cut it up, put, uh, you know, uh, marinara sauce and then some mozzarella and mm-hmm. put it on. And it's literally, I don't know if you can see it. It's a sandwich. Oh, you can't see it. I can but see it. Just, yeah. yeah. And you put, uh, oh my and that's, gosh. Oh. yeah. That's amazing. And so I made my daughter tacos because it's Taco Tuesday, and he wanted his pizza sandwich. So I bought some French bread. <laughs> I actually have a question for Mike and Grandmaster Park. So both of y'all being dads, I mean, I see all the effort that you guys put into, like, with your kids and, like, you know, just seeing, you know, cooking and um, teaching them Taekwondo. And that clearly, it takes a lot of effort. So I'm curious, is that ever, like, um, is that something when you guys, you know, decided to have a family, like, you, you kind of knew what you were getting into there, where it's, like, this is kind of how it is, and I'm ready to commit to this, or is this just kind of stuff that might come along the way, and you just kind of, you know, this is what it is? Coach Mike? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I... I'll do my best to answer that question. Um, so I will say this: uh, before I, before I had kids, before before my wife and I had kids, I had this vision of myself of what I was going to be like as a dad, and what my children were going to be like. That was a vision that I had before I had kids. And then the moment I had kids, and then they started growing up and hitting every milestone along the way. I quickly learned that whatever vision I had didn't mean anything. It went out the window and I had to essentially learn how to be a dad on the fly and on the whim and everything I had planned didn't mean anything. So it essentially meant I had to do everything on my toes. Um, you know, like one example was, um, you know, I wasn't, and it sounds a bit silly, um, you know, I, I always imagined myself having boys first, you know, and um, the fact that I had two amazing daughters first, I think it was meant to be, but for some reason, and this is a short sight on, on, on for me, but I, I didn't visualize what I would be like with, um, as a father of daughters first, and so... When, when I had two daughters first, um, I had to learn everything from that aspect. I had to, I had to realize that I can't fight the fact that my girls love Frozen or love ballet. I quickly learned that I have to embrace that and I have to be part of that instead of trying to force them to, oh, you're going to watch college football with daddy every Saturday. No, we are doing ballet every Saturday, stuff like that. So... I think the fact that I had two girls first was meant to be, and the fact that I have a son at the ends, I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, my two daughters taught me to break away from a fixed mindset and to have a growth mindset and throw away whatever 
SOPs or rule book that I have and throw it out the window and just be at the moment and learn everything along the way with them. Mm. Mom, that's honest. Mom, <laughs> yeah. you're not going to just deport me. Pizza sandwich. That's my answer. Here's a pizza sandwich. Answer <laughs> <laughs> ever. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I'm going to be honest sorry, with you. Sorry. With me, oh, sorry. I got. I was married later in life, and I had kids later. You know, um, my. I mean, everyone had different experiences growing up. My childhood, my parents had a terrible marriage, so I wanted to make sure that if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this for real. If I'm going to get married, I wanted to marry somebody that I didn't have to do a song and dance with. I can just be myself, and that's who I was, you know, lucky enough to do is find somebody like that who knows everything of me, you know, and uh, the good and the bad. And I didn't have to show my great side, but she saw when I was at my worst and saw uh, what she liked about my character. And so I met, I actually met my wife at my 30th birthday party and uh, we dated and got married. I was 34, I believe. We, so we dated maybe three years after we met and uh, we had children. I think I was almost 40 when I had my first kid. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, yeah, right, because my son's turned, my son's 12 and he'll be 13. But then I look and all my friends' kids are in college or graduated, you know? So for me, it was a matter of I just wasn't ready. And uh, getting married older, I mean, I'm not as old as Coach Mike, but, you know, getting married <laughs> older, <laughs> it, it, it afforded me a better lifestyle to, to raise my kids, you know, where like, most most parents are in their 20s they they can do it i didn't have the maturity and i'm gonna be honest with you i just got a lot of advice you know i mean something simple as my friend their kids oh mark mark thompson and and uh, his wife we, we would have we would have people over the house and they have a two-bedroom apartment in manhattan they owned it but it was small you know i mean the walls are right there and we'd have people over and the kids would never wake up and i'm like how do, how do you do that? And he's like, oh, we got him used to white noise. So we always made sure there was noise. Where my other friends, they had this really huge brownstone in Hoboken and their kid is on literally the third floor. We're downstairs and the kid, kid, kid screams, goes, I can hear you guys, I can't sleep. And I was like, oh my God. So I always got a lot of advice from people who I saw, like I saw the character of their relationship and their children and got a lot of advice. And that's how I ended up here. That's actually very interesting to hear. Um that you uh, had kind of like, you consider yourself having married late and had kids late. Um, just cause I know like the thing, at least for immigrant parents is kind of like, you know, get married soon, have kids soon. And there's like a, some ticking time, time limit for that to happen. Um, that they'll kind of tell you like, you better go, oh, you better go quick. You better, you know, before everybody's gone or before it's too late or, um, and, I guess you kind of you're kind of proving like that's not necessarily the case. And I married a Caucasian, which in my generation is like a what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, it was it was outlawed. Interracial marriages were outlawed just what less than fifty years ago. Yep, sixty-seven. One year before I was born. Can you believe yeah. that? one year but yeah. you know i actually had to have a serious talk with my parents because you know us being asian it's tough because you know i remember 
going, man, I hope I have a son first so my wife doesn't have to put up with the headaches of the grandparents being disappointed, you know? And uh, I know it sounds ridiculous to say because my mother said the same thing because she, when she had me, she was like, oh, thank God. So when she had my sister, you know, it's because it was easier, you know, it's the whole craziness. But I just wanted, I, 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 but I really wanted a boy just because I'm older than my sister. And, but when, so in my mind, I wanted to be disappointed. So I kept saying, okay, I'm going to have a girl. And then when I found out my wife's going to have a boy, I was, I was disappointed because I was already ready for a girl, you know? But I actually had to sit my folks down and tell them, I said, listen, I know you want me to marry a Korean because of this, 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 and this. But I, so what's more important, me marrying somebody or a race to make you happy or my happiness? I said, I, I said how many friends do I have that have been married and now that they have a kid and they're divorced because they can't stand each other and they got married for the wrong reasons? And so same thing with me. I think I've always kind of did whatever I wanted. And I, you know, I was like the black sheep of the family, you know, yeah. that's a on PC word to say these days, you know, uh, it's, I guess I shouldn't have even said that. I apologize. But you know, it's like, I was the bad guy. I mean, I had my own cousin told a buddy of mine. Yeah. Don't, don't play with John. I mean, we're in junior high. Don't play with John. He's a bad one. <laughs> you know? But you know, it really is just growing up and I wasn't ready. I mean, I dated a lot because uh, I just wanted to find what I wanted and I didn't know who I was. So each person I dated I saw qualities they had, which I needed to help build me up. But at the same time, if I make a mistake, am I walking on eggshells? Mm-hmm. Or if I make a mistake, is she encouraging me to be better? And that's what I found. Yeah. And my yeah. children the same way. My, my children, you know, they're, they're the most, you know, I hate to say this, but I have a lot of friends that I don't hang out with them because they're, they're, they're children, they're, they're, their kids are jerks. Yeah. You know, they're little buttholes. They're spoiled. And, you know, it's like, I discipline my kids, but with love. I explain why, and I let them know that that's good behavior, that's bad behavior, and let them what's expected. And when they're when we're with other people, they're so gentle with other kids. And I'm like, my gosh, is it me or those? You know, this couple we met, their kids are a bunch of jerks. You know, and like I didn't want, you know, they're like mean or like very selfish. And I'm like, right. and after it's over, I'm like, you know, kids, I'm just want to let you know that how grateful I am for you guys for your heart. Because every time I just made dinner and you know what the kids say, thank you for dinner. Yeah. Something simple as that. So anyway, I'll shut up. <laughs> Sorry. Very insightful. Um, did anybody here take that upper class course, um, psychology course? It was called human sexuality. Anyone yes, I did. Yes. I took that. I did. I took that my last year and I remember waiting to take it and i thought it was gonna be oh awesome it's gonna be a class about sex and they're gonna watch pornography in class it's gonna be a blow-off class it's gonna be an easy a right um but it turned out to be one of the most educational classes and most life-changing classes i've ever taken in my life because the professor at the time was a marriage counselor i, I forget his name um i'd imagine he was probably still there when you were a senior joe is it Dr. Brown some, Brownstein? I mean, that's a very, that's a very doctor sounding name. Um, but was he, was, he like, marriage, was he a marriage counselor? I think so. Was, yeah. was he like the one that would just not shy away from anything? I'm, if, I'd imagine if you had to teach a course called human sexuality, you can't shy, from, shy away from anything. Right, right. But, but 
I, I mean, regard the that course, I took it, and so many lessons that I learned from that course really helped shape the way that I viewed relationships and the way I framed a mindset about getting into marriage. And one of the things that he taught in that class that has always resonated with me, and I think it it was very impactful, and I think it, it, should, it makes a lot of sense, and I think a lot of people should take this to heart uh, when thinking about, you know, making the plunge into marriage is um, if you get married, you don't ever get married just based off of love alone. And when he said that, everyone's like, whoa, what? I thought you're supposed to get married because you love somebody. Uh, but his explanation was love is just an emotion. You fall in and out of love all the time. It happens. It's normal. You're supposed to fall in and out of, in and out of love it, it, and it's okay. Don't be mad if you do fall out of love. Um, but if you're going to get married, you should base it off of three other pillars instead of love. And I think it was three questions you're supposed to ask your potential spouse. And it was um, questions about um, financial goals, like future financial goals, whether or not you like to save or spend. Um, second was thoughts on starting a family, if both of you want to have children. And then the third one was like, if you share um, the same morals and ethics, the same, uh, same values. But yeah, it was a great course. I highly re recommend it for, for anybody. It's, it's so much more than a, a class about sex, you know. I think you failed to mention the fourth criteria of a successful marriage. Can you choose a restaurant to eat at or do you truly not care? <laughs> I don't know. Does that fall under financials or maybe moral ethical values? Yeah, right. It's, it's definitely a domestic partnership combo versus like a love emotion. Yeah. Is that something you and Janie are going through right now, Joe? <laughs> uh, interesting turnaround of a tactic you had there, but no, we've come up with uh, a randomized wheel of food fortune. Thank you. How does that work? What's your decision-making process? Uh, we input all the restaurants we would be even considering in our dinner array, and then we run a randomized choice, and essentially it's not the one we end up going with, but it's the one we say, ew, definitely no. <laughs> so we start back at the top and continue to eliminate one choice at a time until we get to like the last two or three. Yeah, it's uh, probably like a two hour process. <laughs> so, we, so Jenny and I eat dinner at like 11 p.m. <laughs> to be honest with you guys, yeah. Hey, it um, works. Yeah. I have to say, after 12 years of marriage, Daisy and I are kind of getting to a um, respectable decision-making process when it comes to picking out a place to eat. And we've learned that, so usually the way it goes is she will pick <laughs> like five to 10 restaurants and she'll be like, okay, where do you want to eat at? And if I name something, she'll be like, <laughs> are you sure you want to go to that place I'm like fine <laughs> how about this place <laughs> <And> so 
instead of me picking a place, showing that I'm committing to a decision, um, I've gone the exact opposite and I will go with a veto process instead. So if she names five places, I will say, um, I'm not going to pick one, but I will veto two of those. And then we do like a process of elimination from there. And I like that. I like that. It, 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 it's, it's much better for our souls. Yeah. I, I recently read a, a very popular Reddit post where the strategy was, I think it was like five, three, two, one, mm -hmm. where you alternate. So Mike chooses five. I choose three from his five. He chooses two from my three. And then I choose one from his two. I do like the, the momentum related to that for sure. Yeah. I'm gonna start writing notes right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. You know, I was just gonna say yeah. that this kind of reminds me of how I, you know, make major life decisions in general. <laughs> uh, like that's how I found my job. I'm like, what do I not like to do? Well, I don't like chemistry, biology, no. Eh, software engineering, sure. So like, can can we apply this five three two one strategy to like buying a house or you know, naming your kids? Where else could we take this, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was with I you on the dog Yeah, I want to have five kids. You want to have one kid. Yeah, let's meet in the middle. I like it. You gotta start high. Two and, and a half. Is this what you meant, Abby, about like me thinking out loud? Uh, kinda. Yeah, pretty. Every now, it, it takes a lot. We really gotta get you talking more, and eventually, you just say something and. It, and then when it ha when you drop it, everybody knows it, and we just like burst into laughter. Um, I just remember what you said on that one podcast, where clearly I knew exactly what you were talking to or talking about. Where you know, like you were referring to like the butt of all jokes, and you were like, "What's the opposite of butt?" And then I I knew exactly what you were referring to, but the way you said it, and you just kind of like said it very sudden, like you know, very uh, forcefully. <laughs> I just could not, man. I don't think I'll forget that. I, I didn't get that one. I ha I have to admit that was the one with Aiden, right? No, no, that was no. The no one I was done that one. That was the Chuck Norris one. Oh, what is it? What What was the? But I need context. I don't remember this. Basically, we were saying like you know uh, how old is Chuck Norris jokes. He's you know obviously it's like it's to uh it's the opposite of him being the butt of all those jokes. Like, really? Did I say something that incoherent? Yeah, you did. <laughs> I recommend okay, I'll have to I'll have to play back the tapes. We got him on record. You definitely did. And I knew exactly what you were referring to, but just the, like you skipped a you you just went straight to like your punchline, and it was great. You know who I enjoyed having a lot on the podcast that also brings out a lot of Daniel, conversation wise, um, is Sherry Tucci. She's yeah. uh she's playing Borderlands right now. I told her to get on the podcast, but she's she's, she's what right now? She's playing video games. What, Animal I'm, call, I'm, I'm calling her no Borderlands. Borderlands. Oh, I'll tag, I'll tag her on Facebook. <laughs> oh, I already called her out. Okay. Now it's immortalized. Sorry, Sherry. <laughs> I know you're busy. <laughs> Do any of you guys own or played Oculus? Ooh. A knockoff VR headset, <laughs> Samsung or something. <laughs> Windows Media headset. My kids love it. They they they're like 
watching YouTube on it. It's ridiculous. I almost bought in, but we ended up getting a switch instead. And at this moment, Jenny just texted me. We're, we usually do four days hanging out, three days not to like have a little bit of breath and space. But she just messaged me, hey, I'm coming over to play more Switch. So uh, <laughs> we're breaking all of our rules. It's, it's COVID rules now, y'all. COVID rules. Hey, that's, a, that's a text I used to send to Daniel like every day in college or every weekend in college. I was like, hey, I'm coming over to Smash. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Whoa. What's the room number? <laughs> So one of the popular games right now that in, in my house it has been Animal Crossing. Exactly, Hakeem. Exactly. Sorry, sorry. I'm just <laughs> I see it. Um, so the popular game right now is well was Animal Crossing, and I got that game because I I played it a lot on the GameCube way back in the day, and when it came out for Switch, I knew it was a game that my girls would like to play a lot. So they got really hooked on it. I would play with them. We would build up this island. And then slowly it turned into, um, I was like, man, my girls are making a really big mess on this island. I'm cleaning up after them on this <laughs> island, right? And then I get off the switch and I look at my own house like, man, the girls are making a mess in the house. I'm cleaning up after them in the house. <laughs> and so I, I was starting to see that, you know, video game world and real life world was starting to be in sync. And the kicker, the, the thing that finally topped it off was, my wife Daisy, she made a character on Animal Crossing, and then she started playing. I was like, "Wow, Daisy's really hanging out at my house a lot. She's really trying to see what I'm doing on Animal Crossing, She's keeping track of how much, how much money I'm making on Animal Crossing." <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm just not finding any fun or joy out of Animal Crossing anymore. I'm just not going to play anymore." <laughs> this is this is the second life now. It's too close to home. Yeah, it was like yeah. I'm, I'm I'm facing the same stresses in life, but just twice now, both in real life and in <laughs> Animal Crossing life. I, I like the idea that Daisy finds you Saturday morning and she tells you you need to cut the real grass and then the island grass before noon. Pretty much. Like he gives you chores <laughs> and both worlds. And, and I grudgingly do it. I, I, out, I cut the grass in real life and I come inside. Ugh, I got to pull the weeds on our island now. No one's going to help me. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I complain about chores. I complain in both. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I've taken a break from Animal Crossing. Needless to say. Well, so wait, so has Animal Crossing been as like popular to uh, like the college to like young professional demographic? I feel like I don't know, like Daniel, Abby, you guys have switches. Do y'all do y'all play Animal Crossing, or is it just like I need more murder in my life because I'm I'm getting a break from real life? <laughs> I don't actually own a switch. <clears throat> what? Yeah, I mean, I mean, sorry. I own a Switch. I don't own Animal Crossing. Um, mainly, I, I acknowledge it's a, it's. I hear stories all the time. I actually kind of keep up with the news with it, where it's like selling like hotcakes, and it's one. It's on its way to becoming the fastest selling game on the Switch. And 
Um, you know, it's a great game. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it's a great game. It's not. I know it's not my cup of tea. I'm more into kind of like story based, um, you know, narrative type games where you know just so kind. It's kind of like how I like my movies. Tell me a good story and allow me to immerse myself in the game. So I mean, it's not my cup of tea, but I do know it's extremely popular. Um, I've heard it that it's addict. Uh, straight up, I've heard it's addicting. Actually, um, that people just get like. Uh, like they're logging in every day just to do like daily tasks and it's like i don't know if they find it fun at a, after a certain point but it just be, i've heard it's very addicting it's called animal crossing yeah <laughs> oh, no. oh no grandmaster park oh no but no. Oh, no no hey kids do you guys have animal crossing on your switch animal crossing have you ever heard of it oh okay all right don't download it <laughs> <laughs> You know, Resident Resident Evil is my game. I love Resident classic. Evil. Ooh, I loved, but I stopped playing it because it started instead of a, a strategy with that was creepy, it became a, a first-person shooter. So I stopped playing. Very disappointing, and that was a great, great, great game. I thought I it was a pioneer. I remember that first one. Scary, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would stay up late playing that with my cousin late at night. That was the best time to play it. <laughs> I stayed up until my dojang, my 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 first dojang. I stayed up to three o'clock in the morning at my dojang, and the, when the thing came, I was like looking behind me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they don't make them like they used to. That's true. I'll put an Oculus headset on and uh, try it again. Ooh. Oh, that'd be so yeah. scary. <laughs> I I can't do horror. Uh, I, I used to have a the girl I did in high school used to be like seriously into horror movies and I never like I just I hated horror movies I can't do that stuff. I'm, I'm, with, you. I'm with you, Avi. Um, anyway, my girlfriend asked like, "Hey, let's watch Midsummer." I'm like, "Nope." Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what it is, but I'm not into like gory stuff. I can do suspense and stuff like that, but. Yeah, I can do like thrill, like, you know, kind of like a psychological thriller, but like, I can't do these jump scares and crap or, you know, like the conjuring and paranormal. Man, my girlfriend used to love paranormal activity. I was like, and I would just like cop out and be like, oh, it's just not a good movie. I don't see it because I don't wait, think it's wait. a good movie. Was this more of like a saving money strategy or were you actually? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure it was too. Um, but mainly so like I legitimately like hated horror movies. I still do. Can't I can't do I can't do them. Third. Yeah. I just don't get it. Alright, question question for y'all. If we were all in a horror movie, who would go out first? Bobby. Yeah. Because <laughs> he'd be like the one, I don't want to be in a horror movie. I'm leaving right now. <laughs> I'm trying to escape first. Oh. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> you just be there like, what the heck? And we're like, I'll be behind you. What? What? What's wrong? Something behind me. I'm going to turn now? around. There's going to be a big scary monster. Daniel, is this one of your pranks again? Is this a pun? Oh, my God. Yeah, I wouldn't believe. I, I would just like completely doubt it until like I just get my throat slit or something. Yeah, and then as he's getting eaten, he's like, you know, I used to be able to do 50 push-ups while I was getting my throat eaten. Oh, my God. 
And I, I would get I get all the worst parts of the horror movie without all the best parts. I'd die before I get what's to the, that. What's the best part of a horror movie, Abby? Uh, you know the uh, um, the parts where you get to interact with other people in the horror movie. Then die. Then die. Maybe that's just Friday the Thirteenth. I don't know. Actually, yeah, that's more Friday the Thirteenth. Did you guys ever watch that cartoon, The Avatar? Yes. Oh. Yes. My what? my kids and I are watching it together, and they they just love it. So, so Daniel, I think you just found your podcast guest. <laughs> I will be in touch, Grandmaster Park. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> following the success of our Star Wars themed podcast episode. Uh, I think they, there is in the works an Avatar-themed podcast episode. Nice. And um, I'm, I'm just now starting to watch it with my kids. It's great from what I've seen so far, but I am nowhere near as knowledgeable about Avatar as I am Star Wars. So uh, um, we're looking for, for, more, for other people to be on this podcast. So we'll, we'll talk offline. <laughs> we'll talk offline um, afterwards. By Avatar, it seems like Hakeem. <laughs> Hakeem would like to be on this podcast episode as well. Oh, right, all I right, all right. I remember when Star Wars came out, I, I watched it at a drive-in in 1977. I mean, in the... Whoa. In the, no, <laughs> the, yeah. the irony is that drive-ins are making a comeback. They are. I love I love the one that's in New Brownsville. That's a nice one. So that's the one I went to, Grandmaster Park. <gasps> that's, that's my favorite... That's so nice, right? Stars, stars and Stripes. Yes. Yeah. Please. Oh my gosh, it's so nice. Wait, so um, I do have a question, like, because I know you guys watch the movie on, like, on the back of the pickup, right? Mm-hmm. Is it like FM radio, or how did you deal with the audio? FM. Yeah. So it's it's radio, um, but I don't I don't like to leave my truck on with the battery and all that. So yeah. I bought a small Bluetooth radio. Or, or speaker, and then I have F- I have an FM tuner on my phone, so I would tune in with my oh, phone, cool. FM station, oh. and push it out through my Bluetooth Wait, do speaker. Phones, do phones have FM? Wait, you can do that? Certain models do. So my Samsung does. Ah oh, man. Oh, you know, I when I went to the, the the drive-in, I haven't been to one since literally 1977 when I was a kid, and yeah. uh, my friends that met me there, I mean 19. 19- 97 when i was a kid and uh 20 years here or there they, they they okay stop it so what happened was <laughs> they 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 my friends i met there they go all the time and they told me park up go early park in the front and i was like why so what they did was they backed their pickups up and i i, I that's before i got the pickup i just my suv and i was just going to lift the back but they brought uh blankets lawn chairs and mm-hmm. we got to sit right on the grass and there's no one in front of you it was awesome so some of us were in a truck and the rest were laying down on the on the lawn it was brilliant yeah yeah so the stars and stripes in new Braunfels. that was the first time i'd ever been to a drive-in and um it was a fun experience for the for the kids they loved just hanging out on the tailgate of the truck um they got to eat whatever they want uh we watched yeah. Back to the future so it's been great. It was a lot of fun. There is a new drive-in. Um, Six Flags. Yeah, Six Flags, Fiesta, Texas. Uh, I, 
I was just looking into it today because I, I want to watch Jurassic Park, but it's sold out. Ah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Jurassic Park. Um, they're showing the Sandlot. We're gonna go watch that. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's one of my all. That's my all-time favorite movie. That's a great movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, drive-ins is uh, the one in New Braunfels is a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. Next time you go, let me know. I'll meet up with you. Okay. Yeah. We'll do. We'll do. Yeah, that'd be great. But uh, I want to talk about, you know, we've talked about how, you know, what we've missed with Texas Taekwondo, you know, going on 100 days of COVID and, you know, what we're trying to do to stay engaged. And, you know, we've recapped a lot of our favorite season one podcast episodes. I want to, I want to, you know, have a conversation about what are we going to do when, we finally get back to normal, you know? What is the first thing we're gonna do with Texas Taekwondo when we get the all clear, when there's finally a vaccine and we get the all clear, you know, we can start training together. What is the first thing we're gonna do with Texas Taekwondo? Um, I think we should go with, with Coach Joe on this one for first one. Oh man, okay. Uh, outside of clinch drills, for hours and hours and hours. Uh, I think everyone could use a, a good heavy dose of hugs, to be honest. Like, yeah. we're, we're used to wearing a tough exterior around each other, and banquet's always a really interesting time to see folks in their normal skin. Um, but it's a good reminder that, like, we're all human underneath, underneath the hogus, the smelly gear. Uh, so yeah, Danielle asked me the other day, she's like, Hey, if I go get tested and I'm clear and you go get tested and you're clear, do you want to, you want to hug it out? I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds actually amazing. Um, I haven't touched any of you, uh, in a long, in a long, long time. And it's typically, you know, we, we, we don't hug during class, but when we do it, it's pretty meaningful. So I kind of miss just kind of the physical touch of it all outside of being able to punch and kick you really really hard at a close distance on that similar note first thing i feel like we should start with is a uh, texas on me texas on three mm, yeah. yeah nice yes yeah. followed by followed by a Bye. club dinner <laughs> yeah whatever meal it happens to be yes just sitting down in a restaurant, you know, taking up a whole, making the waiters hate us. I mean, I know when things kind of come back up, uh, first thing I like to do is, you know, just drive down to Austin, jump into practice and just, you know, get my ass beat down. <laughs> oh, I'll be, I'll drive over to Houston and do that for you right now. I'll even get COVID tested. I'll even get COVID tested just for that. I mean, we I didn't all know you wanted it. Yeah. yeah, that's what you need. <laughs> it's it's not the same unless it's on the mat. Let's all get cold. That's true. That's true. I think yeah. Joe has some mats to spare. We can bring it over and lay it out. We bring the mats to official. you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do I, deliver. I, we'll sanitize it. We'll wipe it down before and after we kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So not, none of y'all have been tested, have y'all? Like, it's a good question. No, I haven't. I'm doing this week. Uh, tell me how it goes. Like, are you doing the like nasal one? 
Yeah, so some of our athletes decided to go get tested preemptively just to have some like peace of mind uh, before visiting family. The testing center around my house is like basically drive-through nasal. There are, like I should say, in case you, and anyone ends up listening to this podcast, I work closely to fields of medical vendors that provide these tests. There's still uh, like larger than normal uh, rate of false positives and false negatives for what is typically deemed for like medical consumption, but at least it's like can provide some sort of like predictable like semblance of like safety um, in regards to like antibodies and such. What about, yeah, what about the antibody test? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I, 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 I ask because, like, you know, like this past few weeks, I'm like, damn, did did I get coronavirus? Because I don't know for the rest of y'all, I traveled to Europe when this whole thing started. You know, like mid March, I was over there yeah. and I, I got sick, but I was like, nah, yeah, I'm not I, just a stomach flu. But now I'm starting to hear the stories about like people with like, oh yeah, it only lasted for like this amount of time and like I'm like wait did I have a COVID so so I'm I'm curious yeah. I, I actually do I'm interested in the whole antibody test just I don't know yeah I, hey Hector like I, I think that I speak for all the coaches here when I say we're pretty damn sure you got COVID but for sure you had COVID. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, honestly, honestly, I would rather know that I did, you know, give me a little more peace of mind, I guess. To a certain yeah. Level. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to start, I'm, I'm going to look into that antibody test. Uh, yeah, face it's free. Like it's free right now. Yeah. Let us know. We have, yeah. we have a, a secret pool going, so, you know. <laughs> I place, placing all bets right now. <laughs> For my testing. <laughs> Is anyone going to place a bet that Hector didn't have COVID? Because I'm not. Yeah, no, Jackie. Jackie would be the only better. <laughs> oh, she's probably the one that gave COVID to me. <laughs> he's hey, hey, he's going to emerge from the background. He was the one that was literally like leaving every single country that was like outbreaking. <laughs> she was running away from the virus. Basically, like she had to leave. Italy, because it was getting bad. I was gonna say, but maybe she's the one who's spreading it. Typhoid Jackie. I know. COVID Jackie. Be careful, she's right behind you. From what yeah. I've known about every one of these coaches' calls and podcasts, Jackie's literally behind you, Daniel. <laughs> uh, um, I miss, I miss sparring, and the reason is, I haven't sparred in a long time. And I actually lost a lot of confidence in sparring over the years. And I was just starting to get comfortable with the idea of sparring again. And in fact, the last time I was with Texas Taekwondo in Austin in February was our scrimmage. And we, I got a lot of uh, ring time, a lot of mat time with that scrimmage. And I was starting to enjoy it again. And then, bam, here we go. Spring break came, COVID came, and then, um, you know, we're all at home. And, uh, you know, I, I just felt like I was building up a lot of momentum only for it to be stopped so suddenly. So um, when, when 
things hopefully return back to normal, I, I, I would like to get back to sparring again. And that's kind of what I've been training during this off time. That's what I've been preparing for is to step back into the ring and kind of like what Joe mentioned before, almost like Mike Tyson coming out of prison, you know, like ready to rumble with a face tattoo and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, if I were to dive in a little bit more specifically, there are certain people that I'm preparing to spar with once we get back to normal. Um, one of them would be Patricia Lim. So I'm, I'm still training. I'm still keeping in shape. I'm getting into better shape for a rematch with Patty. So if Patty ever hears this, I'm training for you. I'm preparing for you and we're going to have a rematch and you better be ready. <laughs> Call out. I love it. Yep. I'll be Grandmaster Park. What are the first things you're going to do when things get back to normal with tech, with uh, Taekwondo? You know, it would be great just to see everyone big hugs and just have break bread, break bread right. and just talk, just yeah. talk, you know, just face to face communication. That's true. Pizza sandwiches. And whiskey. <laughs> For those of age. Uh, yes, course, people like me barely making of age. <laughs> I will actually. I'll change my answer to. I will. I. I would like to have like a you know a big kind of uh, whether it's a dinner, lunch, whatever. Um, those are usually fun. I really enjoy those, um, especially with all the athletes and kind of getting to. I think that's like a. That's where I really kind of get to know some people. Um, just kind of talk to them over the table. Some people I've never, you know, gotten the chance to talk to. I don't talk to often. Um, those are really fun. I'd love to have a, one of those um, when I go back to Austin. Are you buying? Sure. Well, it depends Woo! on it. I'm unemployed, maybe not. <laughs> depends if he can get a Groupon. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh man. Um, so to transition out, you know, we won't be back with podcasts until season two, which I plan on putting out in, um, in August. Uh, so any, any suggestions or ideas or things you would like to see for season two of uh, this podcast series? I mean, I, th I think Hakeem has made it very clear that he wants to be involved in this uh avatar episode and i'm i'm down for it ah that'll be a good one okay okay what about the next avatar hmm. <laughs> you mean legend of korra yes yep that, well we can lump that in there too nice next level mm -hmm, mm -hmm. nice i want to hear from daisy <laughs> Wu tran time out <laughs> Hold up. Um, you want my wife to be on these? <laughs> yeah, I have thousands of questions for her. How did you look, look at me? How did you really feel when Mike left you and your newborn son to go to this tournament in Austin? How did you, how did you really feel? I want to get I want to get candid. <laughs> 
Mike's up, Daisy Wu Tran. Please supply some alcohol too. <laughs> <laughs> um, that'd be a good one. <laughs> I, uh, I'll, 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 I'll run it by her. See what she says. Okay, great. <laughs> run it by her. See what she says. Um, I, so as much as we joke about that, I will give Daisy a lot of credit for understanding me and the whole Texas Taekwondo family during that time. Um, because it's very understandable that for her to, you know, after just giving birth to a child, expecting me to be there all the time, which is perfectly acceptable, perfectly normal. Um, I give her a lot of props and credit for understanding how much Texas Taekwondo was important to me to let me take time away from the kids, from the family to drive up to Austin and jump into something that I love so dearly. And I think that's one thing that was very important for having a partner like her that we recognize when something is really, really important to the other one. And even if they're not involved, that we'll step aside. Like, I love you more than enough to let you go pursue what you love. Um, so go have at it. So yeah, I'll be more than happy to bring her on a podcast to discuss that specifically. <laughs> Excellent. Season two, can't wait. Can we do that, everyone? <laughs> you might as well title it The Roast of Mike Tran. <laughs> yeah, I don't want it to be about me. Thank you. Michael Tran, a eulogy. <laughs> Hardly knew ye. <laughs> any uh, any alum alumni guests that we we would like to have? Get Bosco on. Ooh. He'd be an interesting Ooh. character. Ooh, I get that guy for sure. That'd be interesting. Oh yeah. Oh Keem. yeah. Keem did you ever get Sadie? Did you ever get Sadie Wachowski on it? Yeah, yeah, we we had we had Sadie on. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Sadie. Sadie. But then not the Sadie Daniel combo. Oh, then D-Reg Daniel Rivera. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it, Other it's Daniel. Make that clarification. Yes. Um, you're you, right. You should get the uh, the Taekwondo couples on. Hey, so Amy Shaw, Ben Frederick, right? Danny shows up. All the time, Ben and Amy. It's always about Ben and Amy, Ben and Amy. Technically, Hector and Jackie are a Taekwondo couple. It's true. <laughs> true, true. What say you, Hector? True. Yeah. Jackie slowly emerges from his virtual <laughs> background. Yeah, I've like... been here all along. Team <laughs> <laughs> asked for Team uh, in Bansi. Yeah, yeah. The, the, new, the new alumni. Right, the recently graduated. I do like the idea of um, talk, having conversations with very new alumni, capturing their mindset at this moment. It's a very crucial, very important, very um, molding time period for them right now. Yeah. Yep. Molly. I see that. Molly. Oh, I love I love um, having conversations oh, with Molly. Could do a med school one, Molly. Jenny Kim, Kim. Kim. yeah, uh, Jan, Jana, Jana's going off to med school. 
and Jan. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah and Jan. He's, he's in med school. Yep. Yep. Can you do a fun employee podcast where all the graduating seniors who thought they would have jobs in a career path are now uh, fun employed at either their their parents' home or or stuck in Austin? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you could that too questions. real. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really it, it that's a real conversation. I, I've been there before, you know. Yeah, I'm there right now. <laughs> Abby, you're gonna oh, be You guy. can host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I I'm really looking forward to season two. Season two will be a lot of fun. Um especially now that with season one again it was like a whole journey of watching me learn a what a podcast is b what the technology that goes into making a podcast and you know c learning how to make a podcast so season one was like a, a historic documentation of me learning that whole process it's been a lot of fun and um you know i'm really glad to have every single one of y'all on this journey with me not just the staff not just the coaches but even all the athletes and all the all the family members of Texas Taekwondo. Um, I do want to say that this whole podcast process has been a journey and a project of love. Uh, my main thing was to capture, you know, the historical moments and just like the, all the memories and nostalgia that we had, all of us with Texas Taekwondo. And, um, you know, the way I see it is, is to help capture those memories and then, you know, it's almost like a time capsule 10, 15, 20 years from now, you know, maybe some of our kids will stumble across these old podcasts. If they ever make it to Texas and they join Texas Taekwondo and they'll be hearing mommy and daddy talking about some of their memories with Texas Taekwondo uh, on these podcasts. That's, that's the way I see it. I would love to see that happen. Um, so I just want to give a big heartfelt thanks to everybody. Um, Joe, here's to another great season, even though it didn't quite turn out the way we wanted it to. Maybe you too. I, you know, thanks for being there. Um, Daniel, it was great having you along with the on the ride with this. Avi, Hector, it was great having you along as well. Um, I don't, I couldn't have done it without y'all. Uh, Avi, you definitely bring a lot of the, a lot of the uh, background knowledge on some of our guests and some of these ep episodes. Hector, you definitely helped me with loosening up and having more fun on these podcasts. Um, and then Grandmaster Park, I'm happy to have you on this one uh, season finale, and I look forward to having you on season two of these um, podcasts. And uh, for everyone out there that's, uh, that's tuned in or just tuned in, um, thank you for tuning in. Um, you know, this podcast series was, again, made with all of you in mind and I, I, I can't. My, my hopes and my dreams are to reach every single one of you. Um, so with that being said, I'll go around the room for any last um, closing words and uh, we'll close it out for tonight. Just happy to be here. <laughs> yep, yep. Not gonna try to follow your, your speech, Mike. Oh, geez, it's not a speech. I don't need to be a sentimental. <laughs> and uh, <laughs>
<laughs> Look, man, you you got you got the impromptu closing speech skills and the golden voice. Like, how how you can't beat that? You can't beat that. <laughs> we can only strive. I'll just say thank you, Mike, for uh, <clears throat> for all the work you put in on this. Editing these are not easy. Um, for keeping the quality of each of these episodes um, and putting out a product that's uh, you know that's ca- like really been interesting to all of us and having us all tune in yes it's been really fun to be honest and it like i miss you guys a lot and this definitely helps out so thanks for putting that out it's funny i look forward to these podcasts um i would disappear into our walk-in closet for like two hours but i looked forward to it you know to um just to hang out with whoever was on these podcasts with me from bottom of my heart from the bottom of all of the staff's heart uh thank you texas taekwondo for tuning in um, we look forward to coming back in the fall with season two and um in the meantime uh you can you can hang out with us on strava we're i think some of us are switching gears and starting to take training more serious and we're going to engage more and hang out more with strava but for the most part thank you again for tuning in to Texas Taekwondo in the Coach's Corner. It's been an honor and a privilege, and we will see you for season two. Bye. See y'all. See ya. Bye. Bye.